1: This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioca.
2: Welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioca, and we're talking savings, investments, and your retirement here on the Max Out Savings Show. Our show is, is, is about uh, all, it's about building up wealth, about saving money, and understanding the world today. Uh, it's a complicated world. It gets more complicated every day. And, and we're here to bring you some of these things, hopefully a little ahead of of, 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 of what, what, what you're going to hear out there. Uh, we, we really try to come up with stuff that, that you're not hearing elsewhere and uh, in, 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 in to try to help you build up wealth and understand the world today and try to get ahead of what's happening in the world. And, and so our, our motto and our, our philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. Save aggressively and invest conservatively. And you start generally with your company savings plan or uh, or where you work. These are qualified savings plans. If you put away a dollar, you get a dollar tax deduction. So so basically the government is funding a percentage of your retirement, and then it grows tax-free, in a 401K, a 403V, 457, these different types of plans. And then when you take it out at retirement, you, you pay taxes on it. It's a pretty good deal. The government is subsidizing it. it I think it's simply the best way to build up wealth out there. And so uh, take advantage of it, we recommend everyone save 10% plus the company match for retirement. If you're over the age of 50, that's when you really want to start hitting it hard on the savings front, putting away money, building up wealth. Yeah, you know, generally the kids are getting close to being out of college. The house is at least pay you've got paid for, or at least you know you're you're you know you want to get the house paid for by the time you retire. Within I say within three years of retirement, so you can you, you know you can still be paying it three years into retirement, but you want to somehow get it paid off then. Uh, and what you want to do is. Is, is use that extra money that you have to put away and, and, and to really start hitting it with the savings. So we're going to be talking some more about retirement here later in the show. Uh, we've we got some interesting angles there we're going to be discussing. We're going to be discussing the world today. Unlike anything, we've seen it a long time. Uh, look, over the last, really for the last almost two months, We've been concerned about the about the situation with Russia. When, when, when they were saying they weren't going to invade, they weren't going to be a problem. Uh, we were saying, look, our our concern was is that that, that really uh, there's people. The administration really, you know, I think they wanted to use this to take it to. to to take out Vladimir Putin. And if that was the case, to get rid of, to engage in regime change, we didn't say that regime change at the time, but we said it was going to be a much harder thing to get a peace settlement. I I think this is really why they were unable to stop the invasion ahead of time. I mean, there's things that could have been done. We're we're talking about a territorial dispute uh, with two countries that have been their territory back and forth for 400 years. And and so there's ways to sit there and mitigate this without a war but we ended up in a war uh in and and then what we said it, we we've been saying is this look uh, the, the, the scorched earth sanction policy is, is going to have dramatic consequences we were you know very vocal about this over the last 3 weeks we said the world we said the world has changed i mean i i i think we really made the situation Uh, materially worse. Look, you don't need me to tell you how bad the situation is in the Ukraine. And I mean, this is a catastrophic uh, disaster for the people that live in the Ukraine. I I think a lot of people involved in this could care less about the people in the Ukraine. They view this in the the grand scheme of things uh, over the long term, you know, back and forth on both sides. And and so, you know this is a problem. I mean, Vladimir Putin is a bad guy. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But at, at, what is the price I'm willing to pay to get rid of Vladimir Putin? Mm-hmm. And, in my mind, and I think in it, it, thinking in the best interest of the American people, it's not as high a price as as the administration and many in Congress want to pay. They're willing to pay any price to get rid of Vladimir Putin. And I'm like, I, I look at this and I'm like, wait a minute. Do you understand the cost? The ramifications, the long-term ramifications of what you're doing, it, 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 and I don't think they care. I mean, it's it, it's appalling. I mean, it got so bad this week that well, you know, one of the reporters on ABC News she asked why President Biden was saying they didn't want World War Three, and wasn't that wasn't that somehow helping encouraging Vladimir Putin? Like, so we should be saying we want World War Three? Does anybody they really should look at? at At the the cost of lives in every things that changed the world in World War One in World War Two, they were utterly horrific. You know, I I remember watching a movie uh, a number of months back. uh, You know, they were all marching off to World War One. There was a huge parade; it was so exciting. And then all the 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 dead bodies started coming back, and it's so it's extraordinary uh, the, the lack of long term thinking. And, and what 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 I want you to understand is the world has completely changed. I, I think the world has possibly changed more than any time in the last weeks, more than any time in our lifetimes. It and and, and looking out at, at some of the uh, at what some of the other people are saying out there, it, it, it appears to be the case. Uh, you know, uh, longtime listeners of the Max Out Savings Show know that. Uh, you know, I'm no fan of Larry Fink of BlackRock. I think he thinks he's, you know, to quote uh, Charlie Munger, who was, uh, who was Warren Buffett's partner, and uh, Warren Buffett wouldn't be here where he is today without Warren Buffett. They are probably the best investment team ever seen on Wall Street, made the comment that Larry Fink is a nice guy, but he didn't want him as, as an emperor. But, Larry, you know, so, so we've been a big critic of Larry Fink. They've engaged in, in uh De de, de, uh, de, de uh, funding the energy business, but but you know he is a forward thinker. It, he he says this week the Russian invasion in Ukraine has put an end to globalism as we've experienced in the last three decades. Uh, it, 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 that, that's a powerful statement. I mean, it, it, you know, uh, say what you want about Larry think That's a very powerful statement. Uh, uh, John Mickle uh, an opinion piece with uh, Aldrin Woodridge in, in the Bloomberg. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've followed John for, for years. I met him at the Milken Conference a couple of years back uh, and he's now with Bloomberg. Uh, he writes uh, in, a, in an opinion piece, uh, Putin and Xi exposed the great allusion to cap- of capitalism unless the U.S. and allies say that the second great age of globalism is coming to a catastrophic close. I mean, uh, John Mickleway is a heavyweight in, 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 in the world in financial writing and, and, and he's connected in. Th- that's a very powerful statement to make, and he makes some points. He makes a comparison to uh to the people uh in London in, in 2013, and, and you know, they could order. You know, an inhabitant in London in in in, in uh, excuse me 1913 could order by a telephone, sipping his morning tea in the bed had produced very various products of the earth and have them delivered to him. Actually, uh, I put that in there. And a, a reasonably expect, yeah, their early delivery upon his doorstep. This is a hundred years ago, 1913. He could, at the same moment and by the same means, adventure his wealth in natural resources and new enterprises any quarter of the world and share without it, uh, exertion and even trouble in their prospective fruits and advantages. They, they didn't even need passports back then it, uh, it, 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 or anything it, it, and they thought this would would go on forever that was two th- by by uh within a couple of years that were in world war in world war one and it all changed it all came to an end it, 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 and so here we are today uh uh the londoner uh Keynes Londoner lounging in his bed at least had an had had this excuse the end of globalism came with little warning. And and that's that's what he's saying. Uh, He he does point out the East-West is significantly more powerful than the East, Uh, and the West is coming apart. But but he said what we're going to do is break down into, into he's concerned we're going to break down into three countries, which he defines as the United States, Japan, Germany, UK, France, Italy, Canada, Australia, Spain, South Korea, and Brazil, hopefully Brazil, and then the, the, the non-free, which is going to be China, Russia, Iran, uh, a number of other players in, in that group, uh, and then possibly India, maybe Mex- Mexico. Think about that partially free Mexico and Indonesia. So, so, so it, it, this is kind of the same thing. the 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 end of the, the end of the last global age was particularly brutal, is, is what he says. And just again to quote a few more things that that. Uh, You know, more recently, there's been attacks on globalism have mounted and economic integration has slowed and, in some cases, gone into reverse. It really peaked trade as as share GDP in 2008. But Russia's invasion of the Ukraine marks a bigger and more definitive assault than the previous one. That's partially because the immediate rupture was so savage. The supply of, of basic uh, commodities, which is we have talked about in this show for the last three weeks, that this is what a disaster is uh, of wheat to nickel to titanium to oil has been disrupted. The, the the West is doing everything they can to cancel Russia from the global economic system, it, it, and so uh, the the yeah you know, and so he's he, he's really he's hoping you know that that uh, the the his optimistic scenario. That that's that he you know is Putin is humiliated could bring uh, would bring uh, Russia back to its senses bring the West back as well. This is interesting. The the U.S. would abandon Trumpism isolationism while Europe starts taking its own defense seriously. This is fascinating. The cultural warriors on both sides of the Atlantic would simmer down, and the woke and unwoke would alike celebrate their collective belief in freedom and democracy. And so that's an important point it, it, because, again, it shows you the, the tremendous depth of the shift that's taking place. And what he's saying there is on the culture is, look, all this wokeness, the political race theory is splitting the United States. We're at war right now on, e- on an economic basis, without a doubt. It, it, it's, it's economic war. It's not kinetic. It's not a hot war, but it's, it's, it's a, it is as nasty as an economic war as you can get. Uh, and it's and it's important for the country to pull together, and, pe- and they're going to push back on this wokeness and this other stuff that is splitting the country up. But so, so what we're seeing is, is, and that's what he's hoping. Uh, but but it could but it could get a lot of wor- worse. Is the question is what's going to happen with, with China, and and, and what he, he the, the big danger is this bifurcation into a into a a dual polar monetary system economic system on, on a global basis the possibilities that goes three, which is US and, and its allies Europe in and, 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 uh, China but, but it just shows you the depths of, of, of this decoupling that's going on in the world. And, and then uh, 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 uh talks about that the, the medium it's speeding up Xi Jinping's medium imperative of decoupling, in insulating his country from the dependence on the West, is he, he, he's trying to build a sino-centric economic water, order? And, and he says there's a wolf pack of young Chinese nationalists around Xi that, that the reaction is another powerful ar- argument uh, that they that, that for self-sufficiency. And, and what happened? And what we've been so concerned about uh, on our side is 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 that that. But Biden the Biden administration has been so aggressive particularly the State Department in, in, in shutting down China's economy and it, 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 making them a prior on the world that every other country in the world is now having to react we, we were so aggressive that that, that that the central the US Central but the Federal Reserve did not allow uh, Russia to keep its foreign exchange reserves they confiscated them well, what, and what we've been saying for weeks is what this means is every country in the world has now got to is going to have to come in and have have their somehow protect their foreign exchange reserves. They're going to have to put them in in U.S. dollars, Japanese yen, euros. They're going to have to go to China because they didn't really trust China. But maybe to play both sides of this, they better just in case the U.S. doesn't somehow they run afoul to the U.S. and lose their foreign exchange reserves. So this has crippled the dollar, as it, it, in our opinion, as 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 the global. Uh, 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 reserve currency, which is which has been how we've been able to develop such a massive financial system, how we've been able to lead the world, it, it, and so we really have, have have basically shot ourselves in the foot with, with this with, with with what I believe is an overreaction to the problem, and and, and so so these changes are going to have very long-term consequences now we're going to discuss this the more uh, right after this quick break right here on the max out Savings show and how does it pertain to retirement the world, as, as again we, we just had you know one of the big biggest uh, heavyweights in financial writers in the world saying this is a, a massive shock and globalism is, is, is crippled because of this. What, what are the ramifications and there's going to be long-term ramifications. we're going to discuss them after this quick break right here on the max out Savings show.
3: If you're nobody's business Or your front page news Folk rock
4: country or Delta blues Tell your truth however you choose And do it all for the sake of the song
3: We're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, media 512NewMedia.com. This is Ted
2: Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com.
0: Radio.com. This is AM 1070, the answer. Once
1: again, here's your host for the Max Out Savings Show, Ted Gioka.
2: Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. If you've got any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070. And we have a caller coming. Welcome to the Max Out Savings Show.
4: That's it. Good morning. Yeah, it's me, Randy. Uh, I got a couple okay. of things uh, I want to talk about on this globalization thing. Uh, I think I started hearing about this way back when H.W. Bush was president, and they called it NWO, New World Order. Yeah. And also, I think, if I remember correctly, when W. was president, didn't they want to combine Canada and Mexico and the New United States into one country and as part of the so called NWO? And, 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 uh, yep. Is that kind of all falling apart? I think it has,
2: yeah, but that was the plan. And, you know, it was that, you know, the New World Order, which is, by the way, I don't think we've heard New World Order used so many times by uh, our leaders in the last week as we have in the last year or two.
4: Yeah, it's been, it's been kind of coming to the forefront, you know. But I know there's such a big hue and cry when W tried to do it that they had to poo-poo it and, and stop doing it. Now, the other thing I was kind of looking at was uh, uh, the yield curve. And I, I think Steve Leesman was talking about this. I'll have to give him full credit. But uh, they were showing that uh, between the three-month 3, three month and the two- two to three-year treasuries, how steep that curve is, you know, and then you go out to 10 uh, twenty, thirty years—it's pretty flat. And uh, I was thinking, uh, uh, doesn't the Federal Reserve pay more attention to kind of short-term, two, three years maturities, things like that, than they do the twenty and thirty years? Of course, of course. Now they—they they stop buying bonds, of course, in the twenty and thirty years. You know, rates you know, are going to rise. But I think they don't—they pay more attention to short-term.
2: Yeah, you know, they do. Years ago, we had on uh, Bob Rubin. I mean, it's a long time ago. Uh, we Actually, I was on another show I was on. Uh, we had Bob Rubin. I got Bob Rubin on there. And, and, and Bob Rubin, who was Secretary of the Treasury, uh, he said, look, the, the Fed can control short-term rates, but they really can't call uh, control long-term rates. I'm not completely convinced that that's the case anymore. Uh, it, look, interest rates went up across the board uh over the last week, just to give you an example, the right now, the, the, the as you said, the, the steepness of the yield curve, the, the one-year is at 1.67% uh, right now, uh, one-year Treasury, which is a huge jump up. This is why you're going to C- see CDs finally paying more. To, to give you an example, that rate was back in uh, October was at 0.1%, 0.1%, a tenth of a percent. So it's had a huge surge up. and This week alone, it's up 20, 29 percent, up 0.38 percent. So, but here's the interesting thing, Randy, uh, is that I let me look at some of my notes here. Hold on, pair with me. Uh, the, uh, the 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 two year was uh, was at, at uh, up up. Uh, wait, oops, wrong wrong page. Uh, the two year was up uh, uh, to 2. Uh, Three uh, percent. That was up sixteen percent, and the ten years up at two point four nine percent, up sixteen percent as well. So this is in one week, people. One week, rates have gone up that much. So uh, the yield curve is very steep, uh, but uh
4: yeah, well, so, on the yeah, short end, you know, three, three months to yeah. two years, it is, but not not past there. Yeah,
2: yeah, no. It actually, it, it's now up. It's it's basically almost one. Really, uh, because well, keep okay. in mind, what, it, it, you know, the the, the uh, one year versus the two year is uh, was it two point three? You know, so it's about sixty. It's sixty. Uh, uh, you know, about a half a point higher just a year out. Yeah, well, so the real, well, real well, steepness this yeah. is from one year.
4: Well, what kind of makes me think the Federal Reserve is looking at the short term more because the funds rate is 0.33 and the discount rate is 0.5, which is a half. So, uh, I think that's uh, that, that's what's probably holding down the, the the three month to two years. And uh, I'm thinking that, regards to inflation and what they what I think they should be doing, I, I saw uh, a chart a while back, and I think it was on Bloomberg. Full disclosure give them credit that they had, they showed that the, the funds rate, the inflation rate, and then they highlighted the the recession periods. And what they said was, every time that the Federal Reserve this goes back about 50 years, I think, and every time the Federal Reserve got con, uh, concerned about inflation, they raised the funds rate above the inflation rate. So if inflation is running at what they say seven or eight percent now, shouldn't the funds rate be seven or eight or yeah. nine percent, yeah. something like that, but not point three three? Yeah, that's the problem. They're way, way behind the curve,
2: and they got a real problem. And by the way, the big story this week wasn't that the short-term – well, two things. The big story this week for, is that the Fed has probably said they're going to raise 50 basis points at the next meeting. But to me, the really big story was rates went up. This is what we talked about on the show last week is we thought rates were going to go up across the curve, which means in the 2, five, ten. 30-year, which is starting to happen because they've been said, oh, it's going to be recession. These are going down. No, because the, the inflation is going to be so hot that, that with 2% tenure, which is, was uh, a week or two back... There's no way that anyone can hold those when you're having seven percent, eight percent inflation, or, or more likely over ten percent this month. And, and so this is a disaster. So so the long into long into the curve, which means the five and ten and twenty year bonds are starting to go up. Has had a big move this week, as we talked about, sixteen percent move all the way across the curve, a sixteen percent increase in interest rates. And, and so yeah, this is this is becoming a problem. And the yield curve is, is steepening, but what the big story people didn't – that I think is really not well understood yet is interest rates are going up across the curve. They're going to go up much on the shorter end, but but, but the longer end is going to affect housing, and it's going to affect other capital uh, expenditures long-term.
4: Yeah, well, I noticed that too that, uh, that uh, they, they, they have shown that 30-year uh, – uh mortgages have gone up to about four point five, something like that. They've gone up a lot. 4. But 7, it seems to 5. me that yeah. historically speaking, if the Federal Reserve was doing as they have always done, the curve should be very inverted by now. Like I said, if 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 we if they if their funds rate should be up around seven, eight or nine percent, then theoretically that curve should be radically inverted. It's not. I I just think they're they're just way behind the curve here.
2: Exactly. They're I, in I think
4: inflation's running away, and and for people like me, retired on fixed income, then uh, they're they're just killing us. And they talk about, well, you know, if you have a job, you got wage increases and blah blah blah. Well, that's the people that might be working. Even they're even they're falling behind. But the people that aren't working, are retired. We're getting killed.
2: Yeah, no, this is a problem. The Fed is way. They should have been doing this six months ago. Then we got a huge, and now we're in a war effort. It, it's pretty much of a disaster. I mean, the 30 years at 4.7 now. But good, but good, good, good questions, Randy. Thanks.
4: Yeah. Okay. Well, talk but, to you later, Ted. Bye. bye
2: Okay. Thanks. By the way, Randy, I think the is 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 the interest rates are going up across the curve right now. That this is a, fun, a huge huge increase in interest rates we week again. You know what we're really talking about is the world is completely changing. I mean, we're seeing interest rates starting to go up because of this war thing. I mean, here, here's some of the change. As we pointed out, the dollar is going to be under pressure of, because it's not going to be the global reserve currency. If, if because the Chinese, the Indians, the, uh, uh, the Russians, of course, other countries around the world are going to start hedging their bets against the dollar because of what we did to the Russians, which maybe was a good idea, but the but the consequences of everything. Uh, the military. We're going to see ramping up of the military. You realize uh, this, this week uh, uh, the, the Germans, they're increasing the – the, the The defense budget for, to two point eight percent of GDP well above their two percent commitment, remember when Donald Trump was saying you guys aren 't even spending there's that famous clip of of him there you know, saying you 're not even spending two percent of your GDP like you're supposed to why aren 't you spending more in defense and angela merkel's got her hands crossed and everything. Well, they just increased it to two point eight percent. This is the Green party which dominated which did this I mean the world is is changing dramatically out there. Commodity prices have skyrocketed across the world. I mean we talked on the show for the last three or four weeks we've said, look do people not understand what percentages of 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 grains are coming from Russia and the Ukraine together it's twenty five percent of the of the barley nineteen percent of the wheat fifteen percent of the world's global corn are produced in these countries in some cases things like uh, sunflower seed oil it's, it's a massive amount. Uh, it, it, and so, Russia is the number, I think, number two, uh, number one exporter of natural gas in the world. I mean, it, it's one thing after titanium, huge production, aluminum, uh, it, argon. It, I've, I've seen sixty-five to eighty percent of the world's argon comes from Russia and the Ukraine. Argon is you're like Ted. Who cares about argon? Argon is used uh, to, to to make the lasers that, that etch the computers, uh, the, the, the computer chips. I mean, this is a disaster on so many fronts. Now, some people have been a little smarter and, and maybe prepared ahead of time. You know, who could that be? Well, let's take a look at our good friend China. You know, who we have been huge critics of on this show for years. China has China has built up massive amounts of uh, of of uh, commodities, and, and and some of the numbers on the commodities are are just hard to believe. I mean, look, we're the. Commodity prices are skyrocketing. The world is in trouble. They're short of commodities. One company is not. Guess who that is? China. Since 2019, China has been stockpiling commodities for some unknown reason. Either they anticipated the coronavirus magically, or they're figuring that they're going to have to go, they're going to invade Taiwan. They're going to get cut off, so they've been stockpiling commodities. They have 80% of the of the global copper inventories. Uh, 70% of the global of the global corn, 51% of the world's wheat, 48% of the world's soybean stockpiles, 70% of the, of the world's uh, crude oil stockpiles, and over 28% of the global uh, aluminum stockpiles. It, 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 so they have, and they're about depending on 13 to 17% of the world's economy. So they have been stockpiling these commodities. Now, we, we we're down to under uh, to under 35 days of of, of crude in our, our, our terminal. Joe Biden wants to release more of our of our crude stockpiles, which evidently he's going to run down to zero, and then what's going to happen? Oh, and by the way, since we're shipping all our our our, our missiles, our 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 uh, the the Stinger missiles and the. And the, and, and the tank missiles over to the Ukraine, we're drawing down our stockpiles, and what if we get in a war with China? Then what are we going to do? So again, we're being reckless. We're being short-sighted everywhere we go, and, and, and this is a problem. I mean the, these shortages, the, these weak Corn, they, they'll be able to help out other – There's going do you understand there's going to be millions of people around the globe starve? Maybe not in the United – it's going to be tough for people in the U.S. We're going to hear about hunger here. President Biden said there's going to be food shortages the other day. Uh, he came out and said it. Well, what's going to happen to places like uh, Indonesia, uh, Egypt, Pakistan, Africa, South America, where they don't have much money? How can they afford when, – when, when, when people can't afford forward grains. There's going to be overthrow of government. So there's going to be millions of people starve because of this. So globalization is ground to a halt. Uh, you know, in our, in, our, in our total economic war with Russia, we reordered the whole world. This is why we we're just talking about the call with with, with Randy about what uh, about you know we've heard the word New World Order more times in the last week from senior global leaders. Uh, than we've had in the last two or three years. Uh, The New World Order used to be some conspiracy theory from Glenn Beck, and all of a sudden now it's the talking point for the world. Well, because they're reordering the whole world because of what's just happened. And I'm not sure it was worthwhile to do that in basically a dispute with Russia. I mean, if it was me, I would have negotiated something. They should have given them the Crimea and part of Donbass. And come up with a solution and try to integrate them. That's what Donald Trump tried to do, and the, and the, the establishment in, in Washington went absolutely crazy. This is why Donald Trump got impeached was because he did the phone call with Ukraine. Uh, but but the cost, the the, the, the secondary costs are monstrous for the rest of the world. I mean, it, it's horrifying what we're seeing in 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 Ukraine. But you're not going to see the people starving. You're not going to see families suffering in this country having to make sacrifices because they can't afford energy or they can't afford food, they can't afford gasoline for their car. You know, that doesn't make the national news. Uh, You know, as a matter of fact, there's no place for it because it's 24 7 on, on suffering in the Ukraine. Well, what about the suffering that's going to go around the rest of the world? What about the long term consequences? And they're gigantic. And so commodities are going to be a big winner for this. And if your portfolio, retirement portfolio, is not positioned, for inflation, it's not in position for commodity prices. You're, you're going to be in trouble. So, I, so I, I think this is this is one of the things to understand. I mean, keep in mind we had seven and a half percent inflation over the last twelve months. The inflation on PPI is running nine point six percent last month. That's February. This is March. The war started in March. The commodity prices skyrocketed since. So we're. We're we're being hit as we've talked about in the show with the biggest commodity crisis since Pearl Harbor, and and uh, on top uh, on top of seven and a half percent, probably eight percent inflation already. This is going to lead to the biggest inflationary surge. I, I I haven't really seen the number. It's got to be the biggest inflationary surge since around the start of World War II. I I've got to go back and look at the numbers. I think I think our numbers, if if you if you if you look at them based on the 1980s calculations we did, they're going to exceed anything we've seen since probably World War II. Massive inflation. At the same time, the dollar is going to be threatened because people are going to try to get out of that. We we just talked about the massive commodity stockpiles. China is doing. Well, the other question is Is China going, hmm, we've got all these dollars coming in. We could get cut off. We don't want dollars. Let's buy commodities. Let's start stockpiling commodities. What if every other country in the world starts to, st- to stockpile commodities too because they're not sure if the do- their foreign exchange reserves going to be cut off at the Federal Reserve? That's going to tighten the supply of commodities even more. And so all of these going to have the effect. So commodities, uh, those are going to be the things that. You can't, The problem is, the Fed can print all the dollars it want. It's not going to create any more corn or wheat. It's not going to create any more oil. It, th- this is the problem. It, and so, this is why we're in the sort of the box we're in. Lack of long-term planning. We we heard the. Remember, over the last two years, we've been talking about defunding the oil and gas sector because oil was going away. You know, in three years. Well, now here we are stuck with less oil than we should have because of these things. And again, we're in trouble. In the Chinese has stockpiled seventy percent of the world's crude. When when crude plunged to, to Twenty dollars, ten dollars a barrel in, in 2020, 2020. They were buying oil. Remember, Congress refused to put any more oil into the reserves because oil was going away. Well, this is this is what happens when you have bad planning. This is what happens when you have fools in government that don't know what they're doing. And, and so now we're in a tough spot. We have to pull together and get through this. But we have to understand what, that, that that this is a different world. Globalization has come to a crashing end. I'm not saying that some of the top people in the world are now saying that, or it's close to. And, and, and it, And I think the world has fundamentally shifted. Now, we're going to come back to a few more of these things after this quick break right here on the Max Up Saving Show.
1: and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070.
3: We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of the morning show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media.
0: On radio.com, this is AM 1070, the answer.
1: The Max Out Saving Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka.
2: Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. If you've got any questions or comments, give us a call, 713-339-1070. That's an interesting story, and in, uh, actually on Bloomberg, uh, quoted Bloomberg on a number of things, uh, where where they were talking about the uh, 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 about uh, cash and and, and the, what what they said is is there's a lot of talk about people taking cash out of 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 different uh uh to to basically uh just bring it t- taking cash out and, and bring it at home and and uh you know it, it titled is uh sh- sh- should i hoard cash during a crisis and and a couple thoughts on that look i think you should have some cash at home and there's a lot of people saying If for some reason the internet were to go down, you know, for whatever reason, a cyber attack or whatever, you know, as we went through in Houston, Texas, when the when the freeze hit, you know, when the power all goes out everywhere, you can't get cash. Since you should have cash at at home, uh, and you know, I I think you should have about a a month's worth of cash at home, uh, just to be on the safe side in a safe and. you know, keep in mind if it's in a safety deposit box, which it should be. But then, if the bank gets closed, you can't get the cash. You should, you know, maybe have some there, and then have some at home just to be on the safe side. Uh, I, I do think that's a good idea. I, I think, particularly given the, the level of of what's happening with the with this wartime situation right now, uh, you know, I, I just it, it's a prudent thing to do. Uh, and, and there's a lot of talk about it. Now, he brings up an interesting point. How much could? Uh, uh, Consider the the potential risk of having cash at home, such as a robbery. How much could you afford to lose? And, and I think that's a good point. Common, he says, common rules of thumb: four four hundred to a thousand dollars. But it might not sound like much, but at least you can get staples and necessary items in a short time. I mean, I, I do think I I think that that's really well said. The question is, you, you know, if there was a robbery or something, understand you don't want to have a hundred thousand dollars worth of cash at your house, and you know. It, it, so, you, how much can you afford to lose? And I and I think that that's a good point. So you don't want to go overboard with with the cash type of situation. The the other thing is, we we see you know a, a lot of people have a huge amount of money in their IRA rollover they retire. It, and we sometimes we see they only have like five thousand dollars you know in, in the check. You really should have. You should probably have you know three to six months. Worth of cash in in the bank your bank account not at home in the bank account at the bank and because if something were ever to freeze up they'll you'll, they'll make ways for you to get money out of your bank it, it, and and so you know you don't want to be having a million and a half dollars in your IRA and having you know four thousand dollars in your checking account I, I, in this world I, you really should have that bumped up to like I said three three four five six months. Of of cash in there, so you can run your operation. uh, If if for whatever reason you can't get money out of out of your eye, I I think it's just a a prudent thing to do. We're not expecting anything to happen, but that's just good financial planning for whatever reason uh, that 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 goes on. Because remember, even even during the war, keep in mind, even during the Ukrainian war when they were bombing, the cash machines were open. So. Yeah, it, it, I don't think it's anything. So you want to use some prudence when you're following some of these rules. I, I think that's important. Now, if you got any questions or comments, this is the last segment of the show, 713-339-1070. The other thing I wanted to just touch base on, there, there's a new trend coming out there is is planned retirement programs, which allows com- workers near retirement age or at retirement age to cut back their hours uh in keeping some pay and while well, keeping the you know the same pay or at least maybe cut back the pay, but keep the benefits that the, the health care and stuff and, and and this is typically people at retirement or working past retirement uh, uh Mercer did a study uh, the consultant they found that thirty eight percent say they offer of the companies offer a phased in retirement which is double of seventeen percent before the pandemic so a lot of com- uh, companies are now saying, look it, it, if you want to slow down, you can maybe you know work three or four days a week, uh, th- those type of things, and, and we'll just scale back the pay. Usually, they'll scale back the pay a little bit, but you can keep your benefits. And so, this is something we, we see. We, when we talk to the clients and prospects, we really try not to encourage them to retire. I mean, I think that you should retire when you're ready to retire, But we, and, and also, you should retire when you have enough money to retire, sometimes if that's the case. But but understand if you can do a part time part time thing sometimes that's a good way you still have some money coming in uh, Companies are very short of workers they still keep get keep a good quality worker in some cases uh, workers are making deals i'll stay on for another year at you know half half hours and i'll train our my replacement those type of programs so there's 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 more flexibility in retirement than there has been in the past and so I think this is a good thing uh, I, I think working. You know, uh, well, years ago, we saw a lot of people, some of the big oil companies had big mass retirements at, at 55. It, it was really hard for people retiring at 55 to just not do anything. I, I don't think they lived as long personally as the people that work further on. Uh, it, it, it's hard. It, keep in mind, most people, re- you know, you got a. Uh, it's about a 50% chance one of the, you, or your spouse lives to be 90. And if you do it at 55, you're talking 45 years of retirement. And that's, that's asking an awful lot of money, awful lot of most people's retirement savings. So you want to kind of work as long as possible, in our, our opinion, as you can. And you enjoy it too, as well. I mean, we have some clients in their their late 70s still working. You know, we have some people retiring at, at you know in their 50s. It's just it just depends on, on your level of savings. It, if, if you've got something else to do, that's a positive. So. Anyway, so we're talking about this. What we're seeing, again, is the the commodity stocks really went up, oil and gas, the precious metals. Look, I I think oil and gas, the prices are going to stay high. I I still think there's a big shortage of it. The the Europeans fondly told the Americans, look, we're not cutting the the, the Russians off from oil and gas. Our people just can't afford it. It, it, And so uh, it it looks like some sanity is prevailing, which is kind of capping oil and gas to some extent. There's still – Understand if the, if the Russian invasion hadn't happened before it started, oil was about ninety-three dollars. It probably would have gone later this summer up closer to one hundred and ten, and, and so right now it's it, it's it's sitting there at uh, at about one hundred and fifteen. So it's not way up. I, we I, we think the prices are going to stay high for a number of years, and I, I don't, given the, the labor shortages in the United States. And the supply chain shortages, we don't see how they can ramp up production that quickly. So Earnings are going to be very good for the oil companies. The other thing that's happened is there's been a shift on Wall Street. Nobody wanted oil stocks in their in their portfolios six months ago you know, because they're all ESG and we're converting over to electricity in five, in three years and it's you know they're all going away and dinosaurs and it, it, but you know, these people were afraid they were going to lose the accounts that they put oil stocks in there. Well, that's all changed. Everyone's on for getting more oil and gas because it's hurting working people in this country. People cannot afford. $5 diesel fuel and $4 uh, gasoline. I mean, it, it puts a huge stress on them. And the reason diesel fuel is closer to 5 is is because uh, uh, Europe gets 40% of their diesel fuel from Russia. And so, the all, all as, as we said in the show, earlier, all of these little sanctions that we put on to shut down the Russians have huge long-term consequences for workers around the world. I mean, to ship to ship a load of lumber or to ship a load of, of goods across the country is going up when when uh, when uh, diesel fuel goes up twenty five percent in a month and so everybody's paying for these things and so we have to understand this going forward so we think we think energy prices are going to stay high we think precious metals prices are going to stay high they're going to the, 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 the only fly in the ointment is 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 the U.S. Is, they want to try to make gold so nobody can use gold because they want everyone to use digital currency so they can control them, and it's going to be the same thing with the, uh, the the Bitcoin, the the, uh, the uh, cyber coins as well. But but people around the world are like, look, I want my assets diversified where they're safe. I, I want to see where it's where it's in a bank, it's in a vault or it's in a grain silo, or it's in a, a commodities warehouse where I know it's safe and can't be confiscated by the central banks. It, it, and so I think that all of this is going to continue to go on. I think companies that are producing these materials are, are going to do well. Because remember, if you've got to put a, a new refinery in, put drill an oil well, a, a new mine, uh, uh, you know, almost anything, order a new tractor, uh, all of that is, is, is a lot more expensive if you can get it. I mean, the, the prices have skyrocketed on everything. It, but there's, there's, you can't even get the tractors. You can't get a lot of this stuff because they can't even make them. And, and, and so all of this is just going to take time. And so, so I, I think this is like the 70s where, where commodities did, are going to do well for a number of years. And, and I think, keep in mind, if you go to a bifurcated world, where where big other parts of the world do business based on what group you're in? If it's, you're in the Americans or the Canadians and the Europeans or the or the Chinese and the Russians and maybe the Indians and other people, th- th- there's going to be bifurcation of technology, which is going to slow down the technology companies. I mean, Apple's a great company, but you know how much longer are they going to be doing business in China or, or China with, with, with the pressure on China? Because what I'm hearing out of China is the Chinese are going – Biden's going, look, you can't do business with the Chinese, uh, with the Russians. And the the Chinese, what's being said behind the scenes is like, look, as soon as they take out Vladimir Putin, they're going to come after us and Xi Jinping. So it's not in our best interest not to help out Russia because they think the U.S. is coming after them next. So they're trying to de They're – they're they're looking at their – Trillion dollars worth of uh, plus of uh, several trillion dollars of foreign exchange reserves. And like, how much risk do we have to the dollar? How much risk do we have at the Federal Reserve? It, so let's buy more commodities. So all of this is feeding itself, uh, you know. Uh, A number of months back, we wrote wrote up a list of the different different reasons inflation was going to continue. It was going to be uh, commodities were short supply. It was uh, – the money supply went up like uh, 38 percent or or, or 42 or 25, depending on which one you looked at. uh, We're still spending – we're still spending money uh, with supply chain shocks, reshoring to the United States. All these are adding up. We didn't even have the Ukraine-Russia war on there, which has just caused inflation on steroids. So so this is going to continue. So you've got to protect your retirement. So if you need some help, uh, g- give us a call at MaxOutSavingsAdvisors. So go to our website, MaxOutSavings.com. You can request an appointment with me. It's MaxOutSavings.com. And I'll be happy to help you out. And... Uh, I'll sit down with you and show you how we're managing money to kind of get get you through this type of inflation. So it's just maxoutsavings.com. Go by the way, go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. Sign up for the free newsletter. It's completely free. We don't bother you or do anything with it. It's all private. Uh if we send it out once a week, uh once a month to help you out with your retirement. It's maxoutsavings.com. Now, to recap some of the stories, the big story this week was the next Fed meeting, they're going to raise rates 50 basis points, but interest rates went up about 16% across the uh, yield curve, which means the uh, two-year rates went up, the 10-year rates went up. Uh, And so across the yield curve, we saw these prices go up. And so uh, that's a big story, about 16% increase in interest rates. So interest rates are going up. Things are becoming more expensive. Increasing interest rates increases inflation. If you don't, tighten the money supply which they're not doing. So again, you want to plan for retirement, you want to protect your retirement, and you want to protect it against inflation. And so it's a different world from forty from twenty or ten, twenty years ago. Anyway, I hope everyone has a great weekend and remember our motto in philosophy, which is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That, my friends, is the key to making money over the long term. <laughs>